Hello, everybody. This is Amory Zanzel, and this is Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA Plus Stories and Support. I am a lesbian, and I am an ordained minister, and I am engaged to a fabulous woman. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I coach women through the coming out process later in life. I created this series because I believe that through stories and storytelling, we can learn, discover, and connect with each other. Hearing other stories always brings us closer together. So on my journey, I have had the opportunity to meet some amazing women that have also come out later in life. And one of these amazing women is here with me today. And her name is Joanne Fox. Hello, Joanne. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. So Joanne and I met each other in a mutual support group that was online and I have invited Joanne here today to share her story. So Joanne, fill us in. <laughs> uh, hi, so I am now 59 years old. I live in Portland, Oregon. I, I guess I'm a serial monogamist. Um, I was married three times to men um, over my lifetime up to this point. And when I was, so my first marriage was just a practice marriage. It was three years. It was a mistake. We should have just been friends. Were you, young? Sec- were, you huh? young? were you young? Yes. I was 21. Yeah. Um, I've met, I'm still, I'm still friends with him. Yeah. I've met still friends with my mom and, uh, you know, we just should have been friends and we probably would have just separated as friends if the whole thing is so weird. Uh. Well, you know, I've met so many women that um, have had what we call practice marriages. You know, they're always very young. Sometimes they're from um, the South a lot. I don't know if you're from the South, Um, but uh, I've met a lot of women that have gotten married between the ages of 17 and 22 and they call it their practice marriage. So then I was married to the man who I had a child with. I have a 26 year old daughter, Phoebe. And so I married Tom at 26 and, um, you know, it was an okay marriage for a while, but he had problems with alcoholism Mm -hmm. and I was unhappy in that marriage for quite a while, but he was a good dad. Uh, he was a good, um, like I was like the breadwinner for the family with the good job with benefits. And he was like the Mr. Mom guy that got Phoebe to soccer practice and cooked most of the meals and helped me. Like I went to college at night while I worked full time and got my degree and was able to advance my career. So I kind of was stuck in that marriage for a while and unhappy. And when I decided to get out of that marriage. I thought I might explore dating women because I belong to Unitarian Universalist Church and I knew gay couples and I was, I was jealous of the lesbians. I like, I secretly wanted to be in their club, but I had never had a crush on a girl. Mm-hmm. No, I, I thought, women's bodies are beautiful and I like art you know I always thought the 
female figure was so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. anyway, I, for years, I talked with my friends and said, you know, like, don't be surprised if I date women um, in the future. But um, when I got divorced from Tom, at the same time, my job relocated me. And I, the first day I showed up at work in the South, in uh, the Charlotte area, Mm-hmm. I met a man who I had a good connection with and we got married. So the, my third husband, I actually told him I was attracted to women and mm-hmm. we talked about it when we were dating and he thought that was a turn on. He actually like wanted to set me up with a woman like for my 50th birthday. And I was like, ew, ew. it has to be an organic thing, <laughs> you know, like. Mm-hmm. No, you can't buy me <laughs> this experience. No, no. I and understand. besides, yeah, I would feel like that was cheating, you know. Um, I was afraid to try it because I was afraid that I would like it um, mm-hmm. too much. Anyway, that marriage ended because he died. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I was 54, I was single and I was for a year, I didn't do anything, mm-hmm. but I, um, I made a connection and I had a wonderful first experience with a woman who was a friend from church, from this church camp that I go to. Um, we're still friends actually. I knew. I'm curious, was she someone who'd been out for a while or, or no? Uh, Yes, she had been, I guess she she was someone who had been married to a man, had a child, but had been identified as lesbian and had been out lesbian for 20 some years, probably. Mm -hmm. You know, when I met her, actually, I knew her, we were kind of friends. Both of us were going through the process of um, downsizing and getting ready to sell houses. Mm-hmm. And so we had this in common. And um, anyway, we, I made a deal with her to have a summer fling. <laughs> she didn't want to, she didn't want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. She was getting ready to sell her house she had bought an rv and she was just going to travel around and live in this rv and that was her dream that she'd been planning for years mm-hmm. and so it wasn't she was not in the market to have a girlfriend and she didn't want to have a girlfriend when she went off on her adventure so but i i have a question for you so yeah. a lot of times women who have their first lesbian relationship it is so overwhelming especially after you've been with men your whole life because it's just different um in a lot of ways the um emotional sexual intimacy all those things are different did that happen for you with your first relationship oh yes I fell head over heels for her (laughs) and that was the problem I was so happy it was wonderful I I did not have a lot of the obstacles that people might have where like, I didn't have to bust up a marriage, mm-hmm. you know? There was no, I was a free agent. And I didn't have children at home. My daughter was 
on her own living in a different state. So there was, there were no like roadblocks mm -hmm. in that way for me. And mm -hmm. um, my friend really encouraged me to get out there and meet people and date. She really wanted me to meet my special someone. Mm -hmm. I was stuck on her though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that part was hard because I really did um, have well, you know, deep feelings for her. And for years we were like on again, off again. Well, she never wanted to be in a committed relationship. So she, she would say, we're just dating. Mm -hmm. And so we dated on and off when she was in town, we would get together. Yeah. So for years I was on and off with her, stuck on her, but she was unattainable. She's also an avoidant attachment style person. person. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, so, the, yeah, yeah. The, that part was hard. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I had such deep feelings for her. Right. It well, you know, hard. We, yeah. It was like so painful for me. And in our community, we often talk about a catalyst. And so, you know, even though you like, so sometimes people have catalysts and like some women just like, like they fall in love with a woman, they're, they're married and it just like blows them away. You, on the other hand, went into this relationship with like full knowledge, full knowledge of the parameters and, and stuff like that. And yet you were still blown away because our catalyst is that person that just opens this part of us that has either been dead or denied or unacknowledged, you know? And so it's interesting how everybody has those experiences with the first, first same sex partner. And, you know, ironically, the men I talk to, it's the exact same thing. It, that's how they talk about it. Like the same language that we use too. So finish, okay, keep going. I just wanted to get some information. So people. Oh, no, 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 it's good. So she encouraged me to try to meet people, date people. And mm -hmm. I approached this, like, I have to learn how to be a lesbian. Um, I went, and it was hard for me because um, I'm an introverted person. Um, it's, not, it's not hard for me to socialize when I know people, but for me to go to a bar alone, um, it, it was so uncomfortable for me, but I pushed myself and I went, to meet up things in town. This was before COVID, of course. And, and I started to get to know people in the community and, and sort of got a little friend network going, which was, which was nice. And um, for a long time, I really, really wanted to be in a committed relationship. And I had my experience right before COVID. I met a woman and we did the U-Haul thing. She moved right into my condo. Mm -hmm. And um, at first it was great being in the quarantine time with somebody. Um, mm -hmm. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. But after a few months, I realized that our differences were um, greater. We were less compatible than I originally thought. And it was something that just wasn't working for me. So... Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad I had that experience though, because I got it out of my system. Mm -hmm. um, I was afraid that I was going to get attached to somebody who wasn't a good match for me just because I was so wanting that experience, you know, mm -hmm. of having a partner, but mm -hmm. 
having the wrong partner was was not a great experience and I, I i quickly realized this wasn't the one so now i'm not as i don't know um anxious about that yeah i'm i, I don't feel desperate about it i'm just like when the time is right it's gonna be right and i have faith that i will meet my person mm -hmm. future maybe it's going to be when i move to Asheville. Mm -hmm. um, that's totally fine and i'm actually appreciating my alone time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and i i have a lot of friends that i have met through this um online late in life um group Mm -hmm. uh, I had the wonderful experience of going to an in-person conference mm -hmm. that was held in Nashville. And I connected with um, some other ladies that we didn't know each other. We were from all different states and places. And we went in together on a big Airbnb house. There were nine of us and mm -hmm. we continued to, well, most of us have continued in contact with each other, just checking on each other. And we've had some get togethers in some of our cities. I tried to have one in Portland this summer, but we had to cancel it for COVID. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I call that group the Nashville Nine group. Mm -hmm. It's been so beneficial to, mm -hmm. to support each other. Um, also this big online group um, I feel like I have made friends virtually with people. It's been a wonderful experience to have all that support and then to feel like a wise one now that I've been doing, you've been doing this a while. It's been like advise other people who are just coming. I was able to like introduce some people into this group and it, it helped them so much. So right. It's just a wonderful thing to, to be able to talk to other people who mm -hmm. can understand what you're going through. Well, this experience, right? Yeah. It's a very another unique experience. Yeah. Another thing I did that was really beneficial. Um, I retired this summer, but when I was working in a corporate environment, I volunteered to be in the employee resource group and I became an officer in the LGBTQ plus employee group at my workplace. And that was a really good experience too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't exactly outing myself, but I, I didn't say I'm gay. I didn't say I'm an ally. I just, I don't know. I like to keep people guessing. Yeah. But, have, you, um, have you come out? I mean, like a lot of times people really struggle with the whole, who do, how do I come out and who do I come out to and all that. Did you do any of that stuff or? I, I have never come out on Facebook, but. Um, but beyond Facebook. I think I mean, it's fairly obvious if people are paying attention that I would post things like, oh, I'm doing this thing for my LGBTQ employee group. And I would have pictures at Pride and. I would post, you know, like, oh, it's National Coming Out Day. I didn't mm -hmm. say I'm coming out, but mm -hmm. um, like, I don't hide it. But yet, if I were in a committed relationship that I wanted to tell the world about, I would definitely come out on Facebook and say, I love this woman. Mm -hmm. um, 
being that I, I don't have that experience yet, I don't feel the need to. So, but let me ask you, did you tell your, like, I, I know that you didn't, the grace in all of this for you is that you didn't have to, um, you know, you didn't have to get, you didn't have to get divorced. Like when you, did you tell your daughter or did you just? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yes. I told my family mm-hmm. and, I, and I've told my friends, mm-hmm. but not, I don't feel like I need to make a public announcement on social media. Yeah, and, and I wasn't actually talking about social media. I was actually talking about like, how did you tell people in your life and stuff like that? Like, you know, your family and your friends and stuff. Yeah, I told my mom. Yeah, and I I actually, I was kind of disappointed because my mom, she, she, I guess she can't really believe that, that it's true for me. And she keeps saying like, oh, well, maybe you'll meet a a nice man, you know, like, well, you can't rule that out. Right. And I, I guess I can't rule that out. But now that I've had some relationships with women, I don't see myself wanting to be in a romantic relationship with a man again. Mm-hmm. But how does it, how does it, it, how, does it how does it feel for you when you hear your mom say that? Because that happens to people a lot. So, like, well, when, what is yeah, it, what it, it inside of you? Me. It yeah. hurts me. And um, when I was young, um, my younger brother was gay. He was. Um, an effeminate young boy so um, when he was when he was young and he came out my mom said I love you Um, you know I'm proud of you but I don't want to meet your lovers and that was so hurtful to my brother Mm -hmm. my mom she didn't realize how painful that was for him mm-hmm. um so I feel a little bit like she's repeating that yeah you think Although she would have learned yeah I yeah. I think she's just I don't know yeah she's fine she loves me she's proud of me she wants me to be happy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know Joanne you mentioned something that sometimes people aren't familiar with like if you're in the queer community you know exactly what you mean but can you talk about what you hauling means sometimes people don't understand that. oh yes you hauling so um immediately moving in with someone that you just started dating um you don't know them very well and you one just moves into the other person's place well, yeah, and it's often, you know, I mean, and it's particularly towards for lesbian women, you know, people make jokes about it and everything like that. Um, but there's some real reasons why people quote unquote U-Haul. So like, I, I, I think of you and, you know, you probably would have taken, if COVID wasn't starting, you probably would have taken time to meet and get to know this woman and be like, okay, she's not the one for me, but because you had certain constraints on you. So I think about women, sometimes U-Haul, because of economic concerns, you know, like, you know, you're dating this woman, you're, you know, two months in or a month in, and you're both living separate apartments. And so women inherently make less money than men. (laughs) So they combine resources and move in quickly. So a lot of times people like, I find judge people because they U-Haul, but there's some real economic reasons why people do those things, right? And you're, you had a, you had a pandemic, you know, like yeah, the, my the pandemic and I live in a very in a expensive area community. Yeah. Well, I live in a co-housing community. Oh, so great. yeah, for my, 
my girlfriend moved in and then she, you know, we had to be like, I was really worried about if her behavior, if she went out and wasn't careful, she could bring COVID into my community. So when things started going sideways with that relationship, I was feeling like, oh my God, what did I, what did I do? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It was, I'm, I'm glad to have my place back. Um, <laughs> Poppy actually, she made my place feel like home mm-hmm. being here with me. And it, I don't know, it gave me some satisfaction that I designed the space well and that two people could comfortably live in here. It's a small condo, but um, it was fun. It was fun in the beginning of the whole quarantine period. And it was just, when it was her and I one-on-one, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was, it was good. Mm-hmm. We like to cook together and do things together like outside, but honestly, it didn't turn out to be a good sexual good. connection. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? I get it. This Here's a term, the um, lesbian deathbed. The bed death. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, yeah. So it didn't turn out to be like that sexual, mm-hmm. but we were like companions. We were like cuddly, but um, in a new relationship, I would have expected more, more but passion. it's fine because I, it, it didn't turn out to be a good connection. Well, and I think what I'm hearing too, in a help in a, in a way, because you didn't have that intimate connection with her that you've had with other people, it was easy to make the decision to say, okay, this is the working mode, right? Yeah. 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 I have a quick question. So I know many of the women in the Nashville Nine, they're pretty awesome. What has that group done for you? Um, and, and how have you supported each other? And, you know, a lot of times when people are coming out later in life, they're very, very worried about finding a girlfriend. That's like the number one thing. And, and I really like to say to people, find your friends first, find your community. Because when you break up, if you and that girlfriend happen to break up, she is often your tie to your sexual identity. And so, it, when you find a community first, even if it's a couple people, it's really nice to have. And so tell me about that friendship and what do you guys oh, do and how do you support yeah. each other? Well, it's just so fun. We just check in with each other and say what's going on and kind of share jokes or, um, I don't know, we just, well. Lesbian humor. <laughs> yeah, silly things. And um, I'd say about, Half of the women in that group had like zero experience with another woman. And some of them had already had experience being with a woman. So we kind of joke with each other and check in about like some of the women that really wanted to have their first experience. Um, I don't know, they, they did this, there's a joke about a toaster oven. Do you know this joke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, something about like if you uh, yeah when you it, like, a lesbian uh, it's from like, Ellen gets another person to you know 
they get the toaster oven. It's from the, the episode of Ellen when she comes right. out. So, so you yeah. win a toaster oven or something. Well, these girls have started saying something about that. It's throwing their oven toaster away. And I'm like, you guys have it backwards. It's like, but they're like, I'm not going to toss my toaster for this one. <laughs> no, guys, you know, the metaphor is wrong. No. I know it's so wrong, but it's just what it's our thing now. So I, I, poster tossing. <laughs> so, as these women have had this group of friends that they're friends with, um, you said a lot of them hadn't slept with anybody yet. Has they have the as the as the I think it's been like a couple of years since that conference happened. Um, has has the ratio gone down? <laughs> Meaning, have people had experiences and have you guys been like cheering them on and really happy for them and such? Yes, some some of that has happened and mm -hmm. are still waiting for their toasters. <laughs> you know, it's hard, like some people live in areas that are not close to Absolutely. a place where other lesbians are. So for some people, it's super hard with, you know, trying to meet other women. If mm -hmm. you don't, like, I feel so lucky that I live in a city mm -hmm. where there's a lot of other lesbians. So you can try to date, but if you live in a place that's rural, I guess, um, it must in be In the middle hard. of Kansas, it can be really hard to meet somebody. So I like, we share, you know our online dating disasters with each other mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we also share stuff like oh hey I'm doing this remodeling project look at what I did mm -hmm. and we're like proud showing off what what they've done and we've actually talked about going around and staying at each other's houses when it's safe to actually work on projects together mm -hmm. well yeah it's become I mean, that was your common thread in the beginning, but now you have such a friendship that has, yeah, that's like sort of, it, it, it's part, it's how you all met, but you're friends because of other reasons now. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're your first, um, what is the word? They're for your first gang or your first posse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and has, have you find it helpful to have this group of friends? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's so great. And, and I have, I have other groups of friends too, but um, actually we got off of our, we were routinely calling in, calling each other on a Zoom call on a regular basis every two weeks, but we got out of whack and two of the people in this group are school teachers and their lives are just upside down with COVID and trying to teach online and also they have children. so. We, we also are just kind of supporting each other and trying to help each other get through. And, you mm -hmm. know, if somebody's having a bad day, you know, reach out and say, you know, hey, I could use some, you know, some moral support here and people will, you know, mm -hmm. call out. Mm -hmm. It's fun, it's great. It's, it's really, really good. So I wanna thank you for sharing your story. And I have a couple of questions to end us today. Do you have a coming out song? Um, I, I can't think of a specific song, but um, 
There's one, it's Brave by Sarah Aurelius. Oh, I know what that, I think that's it. I know which song you mean. Um, yeah, I love that song, so. Mm -hmm. That's a great song. Um, so how about a book or a movie that you've seen or watched, or excuse me, read or watched that really had changed your perspective on something? Um, I don't, well, I, I really like Brene Brown and, and vulnerability. So it's not specifically lesbian, but. Um, yeah, it's funny because the last person I had on mentioned <laughs> Brene Brown. So I think, you know, I think that she speaks to vulnerability. And as like I said, is that this coming out journey is when you're older is for some of us, there's a lot of fear involved. But um, speaking, you know, being vulnerable is, is, is what it's about, is about sharing your, yourself to other people and risking vulnerability and for sort of true knowledge of who you are and how you exist in the world. And it really changes your perspective on a lot of things. I forgot to mention something that I oh, wanted sure. to say yeah. about um, my whole journey um, at the beginning of this, I discovered a process soul collage. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like I have all these cards and I can send you some pictures of the cards, but like, this is one of them that you made that I made there. A lot of the cards that I made helped me figure out, um, who I was and mm -hmm. it's like parts of me. So having a process like that you do journaling um it's it's been really really great for me right. to figure out who i am mm -hmm. and you're a so so collage facilitator right i am okay. i am a facilitator and um i don't actively lead workshops at this point um, but it does actually um, translate really well to zoom it's something that i could think about doing in the future. If I have people interested, I could send them images and supplies and they could make the cards and then we could do readings. Um, so what I'll do is at the end of this podcast, I'll put contact information up of what sure. collage is and also how you can contact with Joanne if you're interested in doing it um, because I'm sure she'd be happy to help you. <laughs> so last thing, um, what's the best part of your life, best part about let me rephrase that. What is the best thing about your life right now? Well, that I've been able to evolve into who I am and I'm really proud of who I am and uh, learned to love myself. And um, I have flexibility and freedom to go where I want and do what I want. Mm -hmm. um, it's I feel really comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. That's a wonderful answer. And I really appreciate you sharing your story and coming in on today and talking to me. It was nice to hear because um, the couple of women I've had on before, one, I knew her story very well, but it, like people that I've met over the years, but I didn't know your backstory so well. So it was really nice to hear it, Joanne. So thank you. Thanks for your vulnerability and courage. I really appreciate it. It's great, thank you.